0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today is Friday. It's February 24th, 2017, and we're reading the chapter in Bill story on page 9. We're going to begin on paragraph 5 and read that for context and then continue paragraph six and seven. Well, today's readers for the 12 Steps are Marietta P. to 12 Traditions, Sally A. Then our readers for the text will be Leah S., Mara Z. and Larry K. Now here are two share IDs. They're four-digit numbers for yesterday, which is Thursday, February 23. 2017. Now the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 9650. That's 9650. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting is 9651. That's 9651. Okay, our sole purpose, OASIF tradition states.
1: Good morning, Marietta P. Marietta, star one. Can you hear me?
0: I can hear you now. Okay.
1: Twelve steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to prove our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And with that, I pass.
0: And thank you, Marietta P. I will now ask Sally A. to please read the 12 traditions. Thank you, Janice.
2: Good morning. Good morning, a vision for you at Sally A. in New York, recovered by the grace of God. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Number two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you.
0: With that, I pass. And thank you, Sally A. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share Well, today we're going to um, resume our study of the big book on page 9, and I will now ask Leah S. to please start reading paragraph 5 for context and then continue.
3: Thank you, Janice. Thank you very much for all your service. This is Leah S., a recovered compulsive overeater. I was aghast. So that was it. Last summer, an alcoholic crackpot. Now, I suspected, a little cracked about religion. He had that starry-eyed look. Yes, the old boy was on fire all right, but bless his heart, let him rant. Besides, my gin would last longer than his preaching. But he did no ranting in a -a matter-of-a-fact way. He told how two men... Had appeared in court persuading the judge to suspend his commitment. They had told of a simple religious idea and a practical program of action. That was two months ago, and the result was self evident. It worked. He had to come to pass his experience along to me if I cared to have it. I was shocked but interested. Certainly, I was interested. I had to be, for I was hopeless. Okay. So again, this is Leah S, a recovered compulsive overreader, and they're talking about hope. They're talking about hope. Actually, the whole big book is all about hope of this program, and um, it's telling me to try to identify a little bit with some of the feelings that are going on with with Bill. And um, what does ranting mean? Ranting means when someone just uh, rattles along and doesn't even have just for the sake of talking and, and um, it has no meaning. But the reason they will use the word ranting is because in the past, my program really—actually, uh, I'm sorry—I I, I take that back. Ranting—I did not have a purpose. I did not know what what really my purpose. I did not have a structure in my life. Um, it ranting means when it is out of control. Um, There was no control with me. There was no structure with me, not control, a structure. I don't even know how to use the words, but I'm trying to explain it. Um, and then and then they told they they told uh, they told Bill a story about um, that that something had happened something that was not usual. They had gone to court. They were going to be put away, and and um, and 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 what happened was the judge turned the whole thing over because he they were promising of something that was going to cure Bill of his drinking. I'm sorry. Anyway, so um, so basically, they were telling. I'm sorry. I think I, I I think I got it all wrong. But anyway, what I want to say, Bill was understanding that these people were coming over. Bill was coming to tell them of his experience of what had happened. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I, I think I got it all wrong. But anyway, um, I just want to say that my program has also changed, and it's a practical program. It's a, pra- a program of action, and um, and if 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 I don't if I don't um, if I don't apply this program to myself and do the action, then I'm not going to get the results. And with that, I'll pass. Thank <clears> well,
0: well, thank you, Leah S. Okay, who would like to comment on page 9, paragraphs 6 and 7 only, okay? This who would is like Larry. To okay, Melis. we have Larry Melis. K. Samantha. Lauren N. N.
4: Lauren
0: N. R. R. Lauren, R. N. Monica. Lauren N. Okay, I heard you, Lauren. Lauren N, Monica T, and Melissa C. That's what we're going to take right now, okay, because we've got plenty of time. Okay, Larry K, it's your turn. Please, go.
5: Okay, Janice, thank you for your service. Larry K, recovered uh, compulsive reader from Chicago. Let me uh, set my timer here. So, um, yeah, I like what Leah had to say about that um, with regard to, to Abby. So, Abby... You know he comes in there and and this program offered by Ebby to Bill involved some actions, right? These were the Oxford group actions. We didn't have a big book at this point, obviously, we didn't have twelve steps, but this was this was these were specific actions that Ebby had taken, and that's that's the very reason he was there to see bill was he was in the midst of performing some of these actions that had. You know that had uh, that had helped him and relieved him of this obsession to, to drink, and what were some of those actions? You know, Bill. You know, Bill. Um, the the program offered by Abby to Bill involved taking a personal moral inventory. That is a an action, not a reflection, not contemplation or thought. That's an action. A personal moral inventory, admitting to another person the wrongs he had done. That is a, most assuredly, that's an action. So you can reflect on it, but it's an action. Um, making things right by, by making restitution, making amends and, uh, and restitution for, for harms done, an action, not a reflection. A genuine effort to be of real service to others. <clears throat> well, again, another action you can contemplate it all day long but that's a very specific action and that's you know this is going to be the precursor of what will become the 12 steps so in order to uh, obtain the power to overcome these problems ebby you know he he had been encouraged to call on god as he understood god for help that is another action so these all these oxford group i think it's really important for me to reflect upon these actions, because you know what? We don't take these actions one time. I live these actions to the best of my ability every day, and that's what gives me this daily reprieve. That's what keeps me in this state that we call, when we identify ourselves, you know, Larry, Kay, recovered. I don't want a trophy. I'm not looking for a trophy. God did this for me, and it's contingent upon remaining in fit spiritual condition, and this is what Ebby did. Now, one thing I'll mention wrapping up, Ebby didn't stay on the pathway here. I've, maybe you've had sponsors. I've had sponsors that were, spoke with authority that had tremendous abstinence and weight loss, and then they're, they're, they're gone. They're nowhere to be found. We have to do this every day. We have to become this program. It's a beautiful design for living that works when you work it. With that, I'll pass. Thanks.
6: <clears throat> and thank you so much, Larry Kay. Okay, good morning to you, and G.
7: Holland, Holland, G? Hmm. Maybe. Oh, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. Janice, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was, no I was muted. Okay. Thank you, Janice, and thank you to Team Friday. For what got Bill's attention here? Bill was angry. Here's Ebby. Abby's not drinking. He pushes the drink. Abby refuses it. But Dr. Silkworth tells us something that's very appropriate here, very important here. Dr. Silkworth tells us in the doctor's opinion that in order for the message to be carried, it must have depth and weight. Now, Bill knew of what was going on a little bit in, in Manchester, Vermont. He knew that Ebby was in trouble with the police in Vermont and that he knew that there was about to be a commitment uh, situation where Eddie was going to go to Brattleboro Insane Asylum for alcoholic insanity. But two men had appeared in court, Roland Hazard, whose story with Dr. Jung is on page 26 of the big book, Roland Hazard and Sebra Graves, Jr., whose father was the judge in the case, Sebra Graves, Sr., Roland and Sieber Graves Jr. get Ebby remanded to their custody and they take him to the cavalry mission in New York City where Sam Shoemaker is in charge of the Oxford group in New York. Ebby signs extradition papers that if he doesn't do exactly what these men say, he is to go back to Vermont, no questions asked and into Brattleboro Insane Asylum. So Bill is looking at a guy he knew to be almost committed, and now the guy is sober. That gets Bill's attention. They told of a simple religious idea and a practical program of action. On page 263 of the big book, fourth edition, it says these are the six steps that Abby had been taking for two months. One, complete deflation two, dependence and guidance from a higher power, three, moral inventory, four, confession, five, restitution, six, continued work with other alcoholics, which brought Ebby to Bill's door, and that there were the four absolutes, absolute honesty, absolute purity, absolute unselfishness, and absolute love. He had come, oh, wait a minute, that was two months ago, and the result was self-evident. It worked nothing bill tried even came close to working but here was a guy that he knew to be as big a drunk as him and the guy was sober it worked he had come to pass his experience along to me dash new thoughts it's i care to have it i'm sick of these phone calls what am i going to do about fred or mary they won't stop eating leave them alone I was shocked but interested. Certainly I was interested. I had to be, for I was hopeless. Dr. Silkworth tells us about hopelessness, doesn't he? Here's Bill. He's hopeless. Everything Bill had tried failed. Everything I tried failed. As smart as Bill was, and he was a lot smarter than me, he passed the Edison test, he was much more successful than me, failed. Failed. Of course, Overeaters Anonymous had to get my attention because everything I did failed. I had to be out of ideas. And the timing was cosmic. It was divine. It was perfect. Ebby came to see Bill at a time when Bill was out of ideas. Is it odd or is it God? That not only did God send the right person, but he sent the right person at exactly the right time so that my life could be saved. And with that I'll pass. Thanks.
6: And thank you, Holland G. Okay, Lauren N, it's your turn.
4: Star one to unmute. Thank you all. Sorry for taking so long to unmute. Um can you hear me? I can. Wow. Um, This is just incredible. I uh, thank you all for being here and for being available every day for me to be on this call. Um, On Saturdays, I have to say I miss you, so I listen to some old podcasts. But when... When I listen to this story and I've heard it many times and I've read it before um
6: I don't know if we lost you or you're pausing
0: <laughs>
4: to reflect. Oh well, sorry, I went I got muted <laughs> somehow. Um any rate I am so pleased to be able to share um, this morning. He did no ranting, He, but Bill heard it. Bill was ready to hear it. I was ready to hear it. The first time I called into this meeting, I was shocked that you guys, that everyone on the line says recovered or everyone who is recovered says recovered. And for the first time in my life, I can say today I feel, today I feel recovered. I know every morning I wake up, I'm not recovered, but I get to work my program in the morning and be recovered. I get to be reminded every day of how I felt before I came into these rooms and before I started listening to this meeting and before I started being part of this meeting and how I felt that my sugar would last longer than anyone else's preaching and today I celebrated yesterday, I celebrated a girlfriend's birthday and my birthday, and I didn't have any sugar with it. And oh my God, I have never experienced that before. Mm. So, with that, I'll pass. Thank
0: you. Well, thank you, Lauren, and just a gentle reminder to please keep muted until it's your turn, if it's your turn. Okay, so we're going to have Monica T. next.
8: Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. And we're studying Bill's story. And he's looking back, telling us there about a story. And uh, the paragraph before there, oh, my God, Abby's telling me he's got religion, you know, so um, hair's standing up on his neck and he's not too excited about what's coming next. But he did no ranting, no frothy emotional appeal. In a matter of fact way, he told how two men had appeared in court. And I would just love to share a little more history behind this. And like um, was said, Roland Hazard was one of the guys, and the other one is Sebra Graves. And we're going, to, we're going to hear more about Roland Hazard in There's a Solution. He's going to pop up again. But good old Abby here. Abby's dad was, was running for an office in Albany, New York, and Abby was the town drunk, and Abby was always getting into trouble and was very embarrassing. So dad said, I want you to go to Vermont and uh, get yourself sobered up. If you can't do that, well, at least work on the cottage while you're there. So while he was over there, he got in a couple of scrapes with the law. One time he drove his car into some poor lady's porch, and when she came out, he offered her a beer. I didn't go over too good. So it's about like three strikes and you're out here. And the last thing was he was working on the cottage. He was painting the cottage, and a bunch of pigeons came along, and uh, they were doing their job on his work, and he wasn't very happy with that, and got a shotgun and blew the you know started shooting up the cottage. So the neighbors had called the law on him again. So here he is standing in front of the judge, and um, he's going to be sent to the uh, estate asylum, because he's still drinking. And these two men appear. And of course, now these two men knew Abby. They were also former alcoholics, and they knew Abby, and they knew that he was in trouble, and they went up there. And like was said, uh, one of them, the judge, was his father. So they get Abby, and they bring him to New York City. So, so he doesn't rant. He just, in a matter-of-fact way, tells his story. And that, he'd worked this program, and it worked. And Bill is sitting there, and he'd already seen That there was something different, and just a major thing, that Ebby was sober. He refused to drink. He was clean. He was bright-eyed. He wasn't bloodshot. That something major had happened to Ebby. And Ebby says, "Well, I've come along. I've come here to to pass my experience along to you, if you have it." I was shocked, but interested. Certainly, I was interested. I had to be, for I was hopeless. Now, you know, not too many pages we were in the beginning of Bill's story. He's on top of the world and he's this and he's that. And, you know, well, that made me mad when they jumped from the the, the towers and I wasn't going to do anything like that. Here he is. You know, he's had thoughts of suicide and he's hopeless here. He's, He's starting to be ready here to hear some truth. And, you know, I had to be hopeless, too. And I was hopeless when I came into OA. Nothing was working. I couldn't do it anymore. And I was given the solution. There's a way out of this, Monica, and it works. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Monica T. Great story. Okay, Melissa C., please go ahead.
9: Hi, good morning, Janice. Uh, good morning, everyone. Are you able to hear me?
0: Oh, yes, I can hear you.
9: Okay, great. Um, this is Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater from New York, but my last uh Day visiting Florida today. So um you know, yes, yeah, so, so clearly uh hopelessness is essential. You know, that's what that's what I hear because certainly he says certainly I was interested. You know, I had to be for I was hopeless. And um yeah, so hopelessness is essential, you know, until I was hopeless, stripped of all my ideas. Um There was no point talking to me about a practical program of action, not until I was hopeless, you know, because for so long I didn't want practical. You know, I wanted ridiculous. I wanted quick fix, miracle cures, you know, fen-fen, cabbage soup diets, herbal supplements, um, exercise, moderate eating, shakes. uh, You know, the list was endless because I wasn't hopeless, you know. Um, But when those miracles failed to yield me the results I wanted, you know, normal body weight, freedom from the desire to eat, peace in my heart, you know, when that began um, to become clear that those things weren't getting me that, um, I knew I was out of ideas, you know. None of my schemes delivered what, what they promised or what I thought they were promising, you know. And then, truly hopeless then i could hear people and who the problem had been solved you know and the most effective um messengers the ones that really carried this message so well didn't rant you know they didn't yell at me um to put down sugar and flour not at that point they didn't yell at me about alcoholic foods um they didn't talk about food plants you know not at that point um they didn't scream that my obesity was killing me. You know, they didn't even tell me to grab hold of God. Um, You know, what was I told that worked? I was told how they were dying. You know, I was told how they were sick and then I was told how they got well. And I was told of the steps they took. And as much of it didn't make sense, you know, for me, it didn't make sense that following steps, growing into a better human being, who thought more of others than herself could get me thin and happy. You know, that, that seemed absurd, but I couldn't deny the evidence. You know, nothing is as convincing as witnessing the beauty of recovery, you know, when you see it in someone in whom the problem had been solved. Um, you know, and for me, like, I'm comforted today in knowing that that all my struggles were really essential. It wasn't a waste of years, you know, um, obesity as a teen and a hundred pound weight gain as a newly married bride, it was humiliating, but these experiences were valuable. You know, pain is important and it's still important. It's what convinces me to work the steps, you know, and I think it's what our newcomers need to hear. Um, We've got to tell our stories. I think, you know, that's what works for me. Thank you. With that, I'll pass.
0: And thank you, Melissa C. And before we go on, Um, Perhaps some newcomers would like to hear. We um, We have some very exciting news. A Vision for You presents the Power of the Big Book Convention 2017. So please join us on September 15th through the 17th at the Liberty International Airport, Marriott, Northern New Jersey. Check out our website wwwavision for news and information. Are you looking for a roommate or someone to share a ride? Well, our community bulletin board on the website will provide that information and answer questions that you may have. So please spread the good news. And thank you for that. And now we'll continue our meeting on page nine. 9- commenting on Paragraph 6 and 7. Who would like to be next?
1: Nessa
6: R.
0: Nessa R. David E.
10: from Georgia.
0: uh, Say that David E. from Georgia. Cassie B. All right, let me get the gentleman's name, okay, because he said it twice and I still don't hear it. Go ahead, David.
10: Yeah, David E. from Georgia.
0: David E. from Georgia. Next. Okay. Kim G and let's see. Kim G, whom else? Libby E and
11: Leah M. Libby.
0: Libby E and Leia M. And then we can continue after that. All right. Nessa R, it's your turn. Did you hear me, Janice, Do L? Yeah, well, I'll hear you with the next group, okay, Do? Uh, did where where did you speak, do you know? <laughs> let's do Nessa R. I'll get you in there somewhere, Do. Go ahead.
6: Nessa, it's your turn. Nessa R? Hi, I sorry. To... Uh, yeah, I Go thought ahead. I was unmuted, but I wasn't. Um, this is
12: Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, he did no ranting. Um, what this sentence tells me is that it is not my job to convince anybody That they are a compulsive overeater, whether inside the rooms or outside of these rooms. And if they already are convinced that they are a compulsive overeater, it's also not my job to convince them that the recovery comes through um, complete abstinence from uh, binge foods, binge ingredients, and binge behaviors. Because, you know, not doing that, first of all, um, won't work. Um, You know, Number two, it just – it will be frothy emotional appeal like we used to hear, like I used to hear um, prior to uh, recovery, you know, push yourself away from the table, don't eat so much, you know, eat everything in moderation, you know, you have such a pretty face, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, it's just going to go in one ear and out the other. And, you know, what convinces people is seeing – with their own eyes, um, examples of recovery. So the way I look, the way I eat, the way I live my life, the way I conduct myself myself with others, my perspective and my attitude towards people and towards things um, can show people uh, more than my words that I am on a different plane of existence, uh, a much better uh, plane of existence than than they knew before, and that certainly was the case to me. And for me, I I came into the rooms, and from the from the moment I came I came in, I was convinced that I was a compulsive overeater. As soon as I heard in my first meeting, I have a disease. But then I went on to struggle for for nine years, you know. And the thing is, I wasn't convinced that I needed to be 100% abstinent, and I definitely didn't think I needed to work the steps. I didn't know I needed to work the steps until I saw what I wanted in somebody else. I saw that deportment. I saw the normal-sized body, the beautiful um, personality, the, the the calm and collected um, attitude, even though I didn't know this person uh, before uh, their recovery. Um, I could see a transformation, and I wanted that transformation, so it's my job um, to carry the message by being that transformation, not by preaching about that transformation, because it will not help. Uh, it didn't for me, and it won't for others. But but seeing a breathing, living example of recovery, that makes a huge impact, and with that, I pass.
0: Perfect. Thank you, Nessa R., right on time. David E., it's your turn. David E. Good morning.
10: Good morning. I can May I be heard? You can. This is David E. from uh, Alpharetta, Georgia, recovering compulsive overeater. Uh, thank you for your service. Um, what really has struck me from today's reading
5: yeah.
10: <clears throat> is the sense of community uh, and caring among people, in particular, um, two yeah. men appearing in court to uh, rescue this man uh, out of the goodness of their heart and maybe probably higher power as well really, really speaks to me Um, as long as the beginning of the the last paragraph, he had come to pass his experience along to me. And it makes, um, or I say, I'm really grateful. It reminds me of how grateful I am that uh, other people, I'd have to say thousands at this point, have been willing to and have shared this Powerful solution uh, with others and now with me. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that. Um, and the people who have shared it with me and helped me so much would start with my therapist about 16 months ago, proceeding on to the folks I met in my first OA meeting about a year ago. And the, I guess the, I'll call them a parade of folks that. Um, <clears throat> continuously share um, their experience, strength, and hope with me. And now, ending at this very moment with the folks on this call. So, thanks very much. With that, I pass.
0: And thank you so much, David E. Okay, good morning to you, Kim G.
13: Good morning, Janice. Good morning, all, my name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I was shocked, but interested. Certainly, I was interested. I had to be, for I was hopeless. You know, a little over six years ago, I, I fell in an ice storm and looked down and my foot was facing 180 degrees the wrong way. I was 17 years in a way and about five years into a relapse and just absolutely hopeless. I was bed bound, could not move. Um, I was almost up to 100, 200 pounds again. I'm having my parents buy my binge foods for me because I can't get out of bed. Getting up and off a toilet was just absolutely incredible painful and with all the extra weight it was making it that much worse i hated my life and a doctor told me i may not walk again and uh you know i came into a phone meeting that somebody told me about and i heard some very annoying things i heard the word recovered i heard about back-to-back absence entire absence i heard about these requirements i heard a lot of musts i heard a lot of nevers i heard a lot of always and i heard no apologies for working this clear-cut directions in this big book but you know what I was interested. I was interested because I was hopeless. I bristled. I balked. My arrogance was like, listen, I was your intergroup chair. I had been region rep. I had talked at World Service Business Conference. Who are you people to tell me about these steps? But, you know, I was hopeless. I was in a relapse. And you people had something I didn't have, which was you were abstinent and you were happy about it. And the other thing I want to say is, is this idea that, When he looks at Epi, it says, it was two months ago, and the results were self-evident. You know, I was home on disability. I knew I had a limited amount of time. And I was calling people, and nobody was available to sponsor me. Everyone would talk to me, but nobody was able to sponsor me. And I was desperate. So I used the phone meeting, and I used recordings, and I went through the chapters, and I called five or six people a day and asked my questions, because I had a lot of prejudices about what Ovary was anonymous and these 12 steps work. And when I got to that fourth, fourth step, I called a local person who was willing to take my fifth step over the phone, and I got to my ninth step, and I had enough relationships with people that I called them, and they helped me work my ninth steps. I learned how to do 10 and 11, and I started sponsoring. So I went through these steps in six weeks, that in 17 years of trying to work the steps my way, of working in what my, and this is just my experience, working a program of slogans, and opinions the only thing ever brought me was relapse after relapse after relapse and in six weeks i worked through the steps i had a spiritual awakening and for six years now i have been recovered which means i have been continuously abstinent and happy about being abstinent on a daily basis and with that i pass
0: and thank you so much uh kim g
14: okay libby e your turn good morning Good morning, I'm Libby E., Recovered Compulsive Eater in New York. Just want to claim my seat this morning. It says they had told of a simple religious idea and a practical program of action. That was two months ago, and the result was self-evident. It worked. And until I did not do the work, nothing changed. Because just listening to very strong meetings wasn't enough for a compulsive eater like me. And I would pray and beg God for an abstinent day. And then I did nothing about it. And, of course, that didn't help. And, you know, I tried for so long to work with very strong sponsors. I thought that was the sure do it for me. And that didn't work too long either. Um, you know, when I was finally, you know, when I started doing the work, an entirely abstinence That's when things started to change for me. And today I can say, I am not the same person I was 16 months ago. This program of action has saved my life. And I love the part here in the book where it says, certainly I was interested. I had to be. I was hopeless. I was drowning. My whole life was falling apart. And all I was experiencing was hundreds of day ones over and over again. When I got here, I was so hopeless and miserable, and I totally gave up on myself, and I, I thought that I will be one of those who are constitutionally incapable of ever getting this, and when God gave me the willingness to do the work, to be open to a healing power, to something greater than myself, that's when I started to get well. And I love what I heard it cheered in these rooms, that this is not a diet program. This is a Rebuilding My Life program. And how does that happen? By following the simple program of action. Today, I could say these 12 steps are working for me when nothing else did. And with that, I pass. And thank you so much,
0: Libby E. Well, good morning to you, Leia Ann. It's your turn.
11: Thank you, Janice. Thank you so much. Well, you know, this interaction between Ebby and Bill is just <laughs> miraculous, you know, because Bill now has three separate things um, that he's learned at about the same time. He has an accurate description of his problem from Dr. Silkworth, he's learned the solution to his problem from Ebby, and now he's got a practical program of action from the Axert groups through Ebby. Um, so he was like the first human being to learn these three things, all put together, and of course, he was willing to listen. You know it goes on, I was shocked, but interested, certainly, I was interested, I had to be for I was hopeless. um you know, pain is the greatest motivator to effectuate change, at least that was. In my true, in my case, I had been in Overeaters Anonymous uh, since 1982. It was five years later. The disease had done its job of continuing to progress. No matter how many meetings I attended, no matter how many sponsors um, I, you know, sat and listened to a variety of methodologies that were presented to me. Um, And, you know, this disease just beat me to a pulp. I was experiencing isolation, deep depression, and suicidal thinking. And worst of all, worst of all, I had no hope. I had no hope that there would be anything ever different for me. You know, and I was all of 23 years old. Um, And, you know, I ended up in in a situation where I was locked up by choice um, and Someone in whom the problem had been solved, who had a working knowledge and experience with these 12 steps as outlined in this big book, was willing to take the time to bring to life through their personal experience the black print on these white pages in a blue book, and who was also through sharing with me a living example, a demonstration of these principles in their personal life, and they brought it to life for me. And I left the. <clears> throat>
6: throat> I think we lost you, Leah. Hmm. Leah, C- can you hear me, anybody? Hmm. You
4: heard, you heard.
15: We hear you, we can hear you. Janice.
6: I hear you. And now
3: she's gone. I did hear you. Yeah, now she's gone. Let's wait.
6: Star 1 to unmute. (laughs) And who is
11: up to share next?
6: Uh, this is
0: Janice. Um, did I I guess I dropped. Uh can you hear me now? Welcome
11: back, Janice. Go ahead.
0: Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. I think Leia probably finished. And we're gonna have do L next and whom else after do? We'll have a little time. Riva. P Riva P. P Charles H. And let's have Calvin one P. more Lina. Who or who say Kathy P. Kathy oh, oh, C. Page, please? I'm sorry, what page please? Okay, we're on page nine, and we're commenting on paragraph six and paragraph seven. Okay, Duell, please go ahead.
16: Good morning, Janice, and thank you so much. I, I feel at times my name is so short, I get missed in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> so my name is Duell, and I'm a recovered compulsive overreader from New York. Uh, thank you, God, and. I, I say this because I look at Bill's story, and it's exactly my story, right? I, I came in close. I was ranging. I, I, was, I was getting up there to 300 pounds, and um, and I didn't know how to do this. And I had been in AA for, you know, almost, almost a decade. And I, I came in to OA, and I couldn't get the food down. I couldn't get the food down, not even to save my life. And, and yet I was able to put down the alcohol and it was hard. It was hard at first, but I, I put it down and I worked the steps and, and I was okay. But with the food, it was a little different and I couldn't do it. And, um, you know, and I'm glad that the people that came to me didn't know ranting, didn't know preaching, didn't not tell me what to do. Um, they said, Hey, you know, come alongside us get into the big book, do the same things that you did in that 12 step program, right? Follow the s- same formula and it'll work for any addiction that you have. And, you know, it was hard for me to trust that, you know, uh, uh, unbelievably, it was hard for me to trust that. And, um, but you know what? I, I didn't have to look at, I didn't have to reinvent the wheel. All I had to do was follow what people who had recovered, and that was my experience what they look like you know they sound different they look different they think different they act different they do things different than what i've been doing you know and and that was my experience and that's bill's experience he's he's saying you know i'm not i'm not looking for or you know um trying to figure this out differently i'm looking at his experience i'm looking at what he's telling me and I'm going to listen because I identify with this guy. You know, I identify with Ebby, He knows my story. When he speaks, he speaks the language of the heart. And that's what happened to me. You know, that I had to get involved with someone that spoke the language of my heart, you know, that knew what I was going through, that knew the anguish and the agony that I was going through with my disease. And then eventually what happened is I was motivated to work the steps and I was motivated because the disease brought me to that place. The disease brought me to that place and it's been a hard journey, but you know, it's been a doable one. And today I'm recovered. Thank you by the grace of God. And I keep practicing these programs you know, which is the 12 steps. And for a hopeless case like me, there became hope. And I'm so grateful. And it can work for others if you just follow the formula. All you have to do is do the steps. Do the steps as they're outlined, and you'll get the results. And with that, I pass. Mm
0: -hmm. And thank you so much. Do well. Reva P., your turn. Good morning.
17: Good morning. It's Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, I wanted to share on two things, first of all, I have to be in a place of complete deflation um, out of ideas um, to start beginning this process because when I think I can still do it my way and when I can still try a little bit more my way my way, I just keep doing it my way and I make a big mess and it was that way with the food when I came into program and it's the same way now. If I think I've got this covered, you know, God, I might, uh, I might take you along today, but you know what? Just stay in the background because I've got this. I know what exactly I have to do. Then I'm in trouble. Um, and the second thing that struck me is the um, gentleness, but power and strength with which Ebby is relating his message. And it's not the ranting, and it's not the frothy emotional appeal. Very matter-of-fact, he's just coming to share his experience, strength, and hope. And if Bill wants it, great. And if he doesn't, that's fine, too. And it's a simple idea. Um, And and with the simple idea, it worked, and it's self-evident. And that's such a great reminder for me. I once heard God doesn't work with, like, a huge hammer or a pickaxe. God works with a feather. And when I'm in right alignment as a result of abstinence and working the steps, things unfold. And things unfold with ease and with grace and doors open. And, you know, I had a day the other day where every single plan I had – Got totally changed. And as soon as I made another plan, that got changed again. And I'm not somebody who goes normally with the flow, left to my own self. Um, But I had the desperation that day and went to God, and everything unfolded beautifully and smoothly. And I love the exclamation mark after it worked because I am still amazed that, yes, I have to take action, yes, I have to do the step work. But things unfold and work with such grace and ease. Like, it's amazing. It really is amazing. And that's the um, energy I'm getting from how Ebby is relating his message. And I've seen lots of people who, you know, share when they come in, like, they've got it together, they know what they have to do now, and they're good to go. Um, And that just shows me how it doesn't work for me. Because when I keep telling God, you know, what the plan is, um, things don't work out so well. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Reva P. Okay, good morning to you, Charles H. I think you're going to wrap it up for
15: us. Thank you, Janice and Charles H. who recovered a compulsive over here. Um, but he did no lantern. As a matter of fact, he told how two men had appeared in court persuading the justice to suspend his commitment. Sounds like he was pretty grateful. Um, they had told him of a simple religious idea. Um, And a practical program of action. That was two months ago, and the result was self evident. It worked. Um, You know, I know this is not a religious program. It's also not an atheist program, and it's not an agnostics program. It's a spiritual program. And people bristle at the word religion. I'm sorry, go back in time and change and rewrite the big book. Go go ahead. the simple religious idea is not saying you got to tie 10%. It's not saying you've got to do all that stuff. It's just saying you got to trust and believe. And I can I could, I could identify with Bill saying, man, you want to tell me what to do? The biggest stumbling block with compulsive overeater is control, we're giving up control. That's the biggest. Stum- I, well, you can't tell me what to do. Don't you know who I am? Don't you know what I know? Yeah, but what you know didn't work. So, you know, Epi knew that Bill um, was hopeless just like he was hopeless, and he got this idea from these two men that went in court to suspend his commitment, right? And he was carrying a message. He carried it without judgment. I love that. This simple religious idea is just trusting and believing. It, it, it ain't saying you got to say Hail Marys. It ain't saying you got to do Just believe that you can't do it on your own. I talked to many compulsive readers in New York and all over, and they say, you know what? I can still do this, 600 pounds or 60 pounds. I have control over this. Look at page five when he said all the stuff he went through in Bill's story. Nevertheless, I still got control. Now, here is page nine. And he's seen his boy that he drank with. I see my boy that I smoked crack with. That, that he had that look in his eye. He said, I got religion. I'm interested. I don't want to smoke crack no more. I don't want to put heroin in my arm no more. I'm interested in what you've got. It's a simple, if it was a simple atheist idea, I'd be interested. If he had that starry eye look, if it was an agnostic idea, I would be interested. But I have to be totally abstinent in order to be out of ideas and hopeless. I'm grateful for this guy, man. Because I'm, I'm telling you, Ebby is a superstar in his own right. Because without Ebby making that phone call, you know. Um, what's-his-name wouldn't have made the phone call to, to Dr. Bob or, or Sister Anasia in, uh, when he was in, in um, Akron, Ohio, and we wouldn't be here uh, right now. With that, I pass. Thanks, Janet.
0: And thank you so much, Charles H. Sorry we didn't get to you, Kathy C., but you know we have uh, another meeting. And uh, I want to thank everyone who has shared. And uh, I do have uh, the share ID for today, Thursday, February, 24th, 2017, Today's Share ID is 9656. That's the 7 a.m. meeting today. So please join us for a second, unrecorded hour of study, immediately following closing. We We will now close the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Mara Z please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Keep you until then.
18: Good morning, Janice. I'm Mara Z, in Virginia. Can you hear me? I can. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation